guys welcome back to the pod back to theory and theology so today i got a quick one on my way to the gym uh my friend introduced me to this idea called passport bros so um i didn't know what that was i kind of looked into it and i was like oh like this is a thing so there's this trend I guess that people are theorizing that there's a lot of men mostly it sounds like cis hetero men interested in um, finding a partner who's a cis hetero woman and they're looking for more traditional women Uh, maybe women who aren't, like, so into feminism, women that have, you know, traditional, uh, gender role ideals as far as, like, what the man does, what the woman does, that kind of thing. Um, so there's this theory kind of going around, or a, an idea going around that, you know, a lot of men are working remotely or finding jobs outside of the U.S. to go live in other countries, lots of other types of countries, Thailand, different European countries, uh, different Asian countries, because they, you know, and they're, and they're finding, I, I don't know if they're leaving there to find the women, or if they're leaving there and just happen to interact with the general public and find women that are, you know, kind of meeting more what they prefer um, as far as, you know, how they would like their future partners to be. And so, you know, that, you know, that's an interesting idea, right? It's like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know if it's accurate as, as explained. Um... But I have noticed over at least the last year, if maybe not more, I say uh, if not more because, you know, a lot of times I'm pretty slow to jump on, you know, new ideas because I'm kind of in my own world with my own interests and my own ideas and it usually isn't very interesting. Like I don't tend to find a lot of the mainstream media to be that interesting I mean some of the stuff that I find I try to share it on here if I think it might be of interest to people who kind of like to like have conversations about like your mind being expanded and things like I'm it's not really my intention to be like let's be controversial and like argue and fight and get mad about everything uh so usually when it comes to those uh the content that's by People kind of like Andrew Tate, his followers, his uh, fans, um, a lot of the males who kind of are kind of into into that. Now, I'll say, you know, I try not to give people too much crap. I don't know if there's some conspiracy around him or if everything that's coming out is true or not. I have no idea. I am not the person to speak on this. I am not the person who would know. Uh, 
I know what people say in different news stories, but also it's their job, you know, to sensationalize things sometimes. So it's really hard for me to really fully trust. I would say, in my opinion, um, it's probably there. Part of what he says is probably true. Part of what they say is probably true. Um, and it's probably somewhere in the middle. I'm not the kind of person who's like, oh, blame the victim. If somebody had someone abusing them, let's blame them and be like, this other person is off the hook and let's make any excuse for them to seem more right. I mean, I would hate, I would hate if he really is abusive towards other people. That's why I'm like, why would someone have any incentive to really say that, you know, but also, I mean, he's very famous, uh, he debates very well, um, and he's a really good businessman, I don't know, as far as his, uh, his, uh, you know, ethics towards what he does in business, but as far as what I've studied for, um, what he's done as far as providing community for young men, now, he's doing something to try to help people who are young men to try to feel like they have somebody kind of on their side. And there are a lot of guys who are out there who kind of have this uh, this brand where they're like, I, I like seeing that. I like I'm not I'm not talking about the abuse or all this other like nonsense type of stuff that I don't really know what it is but if I just look at the business side of things I'm like this guy I like the idea of him seeing like hey like my community's struggling you know I've seen it with black people in tech a lot too um and people seeing their own community and saying hey my community is struggling I need to make some kind of program for them where yes I'm gonna win when people buy into this but it's actually legit with like reviews where people have success and are able to like gain an income and become independent that way and like I like I like seeing that all the other stuff I don't really know what to even say about it I hope it's not true but there's probably some if not a lot of truth to it which is unfortunate but a lot of times some of these some of these people you know we all have our histories I can mostly just hope for the best that you know him turning to Islam is hopefully gonna help him with some of his ethical dilemmas that he might be facing uh, or practicing uh, anything that's kind of like against certain people, exploitation, abuse, all that kind of stuff. I'm not really into that, but I, you know, I try to, I try to look at both sides. I'm not trying to just let people off the hook because I'm just trying not to have an opinion, but I have seen that a lot of males out there guys in their 20s 30s you know are coming up with a lot of content that's kind of explaining their experience and I think it's worth listening to I mean I'm a woman I don't I don't really date that many guys I have dated guys but I'm I don't generally like gravitate towards them for the most part so I don't really care like I'm, I don't really have a dog in the fight a lot of times when I'm like oh like this man is over here saying all this stuff it's kind of like whatever like I don't usually have to deal with guys that are like that so it's not really something that's like affecting me firsthand I hear my friends a lot of my straight friends my cis straight friends they're oftentimes very upset by the dating world 
Um, but my dating world is so different from their dating world that I, it's kind of hard to relate sometimes. Um, but yeah, there are these like overarching ideas where it's like these men, you know, a lot of men are feeling like, I mean, there's so many layers to it, but they're feeling like there's something with Western or American women, um, who are kind of wanting them for their money, um, having these expectations um that they don't prefer and with the economy as it is I could see how you know if if I were you know in a guy's shoes where somebody was like oh take me out on a date like it's hard enough for me to want to even go hang out with my friends because it costs so much dang money I can't imagine like I was joking with a friend I was like how am I gonna drop two hundred dollars on a date you know take you out to like a a dinner and a movie, you know, and end up spending all this money on me and you and someone expecting this of me and with the economy as it is and somebody being like, well, he didn't, he didn't, she didn't buy me, you know, they didn't buy me this food, you know, they, they were cheap and, uh, they didn't buy, like looking cheap a lot of times is seen as bad. If you're saving, like I've noticed when I tell people I'm working on my savings, you know, I'm cutting back and things like that that is a turnoff to a lot of people. They don't want to talk about financial, you know, uh, uh, responsibility. You know, people want to go out and party. And if you're like, oh yeah, I'll pay for your dinner or whatever. I've noticed that, that there's a lot of times where people seem a lot more willing to engage when I'm like, okay, let's just go spend money. But when I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm cutting back. Can we go do this instead? You know, people are like, it seems like kind of cheap. Like, so you know, I mean, it's kind of an impression thing, but it's like, I've got money, you know, that's not really an issue. Um, if I don't have money, I can make money. That's not really an issue, but I do, I do feel for, for guys who are kind of stuck in these gender roles. Uh, I feel lucky being the type of person I am. I don't really have to like adhere to any real rules. I just kind of do what I want. I wear what I want. I can go where I want. Like, I like the types of places where I hang out, it doesn't even matter like what bathroom it is. It's like, we're all in here for the bathroom. Like that's the intention is to use the bathroom on your own and like leave everybody alone. Like it's kind of very open minded, uh, versus these other kind of spaces where there's a lot of people in society that are kind of stuck to these norms and roles that rules that I don't, see as bad like I see that um there is a kind of uh benefit sometimes to having a life uh kind of looking like that you know like I understand that sometimes people want to do things their own ways and you know um that is something that I understand, you know, I'm, I'm not the type of person who's, like, down with men, be disrespectful towards them, and, like, crap all over them, because they, if they don't have any money and all that, and especially young men, it's, like, I don't know what they're expected to do, it's, like, yeah, even if you take a job starting at McDonald's at $18 an hour, I mean, it's honest work, but it's, like, realistically, you need two of those jobs to be living in a place like LA if you want to have your own apartment and stuff like that. Like, that's the truth. And so it's like, to have all these expectations that a man is going to pay for all your stuff, 
I don't know. I've always kind of had a problem with it, but it's like, you know, it's also not been like something so directly affecting in my life because it's not, it's just not something that affects me like that. So uh, I'll probably continue this conversation in a while. I've got to park now. All right, made it in and out of the gym. So let's continue talking about these passport bros. So I'm kind of lumping all all these kind of dudes into the same genre, but I'm thinking what's happening is because in society so much is being deconstructed. I mean, if you think about the years that we spent during the Rona, just kind of like before that, 2019 and before, you know, how a lot of us were like in the matrix, you know, just kind of going along with it. Maybe you didn't really like your job choices. Maybe you didn't really like your um, choices towards how you manage your expenses. Maybe you wanted something different in life. But just to even try to go there mentally, emotionally, you know, maybe, I mean, I'm kind of speaking to myself here too. It's like, you know, I know how I felt. Um, I know what I dealt with, what I experienced. If I think about my own personal experiences during, during the Rona, you know, I was kind of sitting on some goals of mine. I was like, yeah, I'm going to move eventually, but right now it's kind of comfortable, you know. I'm paying cheaper rent than anybody I know, and the people I'm living with are driving me up the wall, but it's okay. I can still afford to move. If it gets real bad, I can get out of here. Yeah, this job is like overloading me with stress and leaving me with limited energy to care for my own health and eat properly and exercise properly and, you know, with the energy being wasted with the housemates and stuff, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm able to kind of see how, you know, I wanted something different, but I wasn't going for it. I was just kind of like, it's on the back burner. The ideas are on the back burner. But what happened was now everybody that I don't want to see that I'm living with is always home all the time because their work situations changed. Now, you know, I was an essential worker. So while a lot of my friends were off and getting paid more than they were even making, you know, to be off and have a have a real break in a way like it was still stressful. I'm not going to say they weren't stressed and freaking out, but, you know, they got a mandatory break for some of them. It worked out well for some people that mandatory break left them very financially limited, but. I saw for my own personal self, I was like, okay, like all the plans that I had kind of like on the back burner, those aren't even going to work out, you know, like the, my pay rate's not going to cut it for the rent that I need to pay if I do move, you know, that's not going to work. And so, you know, I was like, move with family you know, get out of that house with those people, make some different decisions as far as work, you know, make my own way financially, be more um, in charge of my own schedule, my own energy, and do it that way, you know, that's kind of where I landed, Um, I'm not saying my life is perfect or that I did it better than anybody else, I'm just saying, 
I know I'm not the only one who had that experience. Um, and a lot of people were kind of in a state where they were deconstructing so much stuff that, you know, by the time they were done deconstructing, you know, the goals no longer looked like they did before. Um, so if I, if I kind of take that whole framework and I look at, you know, a lot of males expecting to be, being expected to be the breadwinner, the head of the household, and they're kind of on that same deconstruction route, you know, and then you have maybe women who are kind of, I'm not saying all women, I mean, I know plenty of women that are professionals that, you know, are very interested in equality, and a lot of women that I know who make more than their partners, but, you know, I do think that the pressure is not really there for women to necessarily be the breadwinner unless they're kind of the only one kind of making the money then it's kind of like okay but I do kind of notice that and so when it comes to these these passport bros I kind of wonder if it's a part of the deconstruction of like hey you know I want to find somebody who you know, meets my standards as far as, you know, they're going to treat me not like I'm some broke dude who's not cutting it, um, live in a place where, you know, they can actually make ends meet, save money, have money to go out, be kind of feeling like wealthy, financially successful versus here, in the U.S., where if you're in a place like L.A. or San Francisco or New York or San Diego or any of these places where the rent is so, like, extravagant, you know, do you really want to be trying to be 18, 21, making your life early in your career where you're already starting out, you know, not even being able to move independently. I mean, some people do make good money, but it's like, okay, if I go to college and get this degree that's four years out of my life that I'm collecting debt if I do it that route and have to go fast to do it, you know, it's kind of like, what am I getting myself into here, you know? Like, I mean, those are valid questions. I think that, you know, there's a, it's a valid approach Um, and I, you know, I do feel for men, you know, I feel for males, a lot of them being kind of like having to make these decisions or feeling like pressure to kind of make a decision in this way. Um, like a lot of these, a lot of these men just kind of you know, they're not, they're not slackers necessarily, they're not trying to be like, I don't like women or whatever, or Western women even, but I feel like it's just how society has changed, you know, if they're going to actually get their needs met, then, you know, they're going to be forced to kind of do things in that way and so 
you know, I think it's part of the deconstruct the deconstruction of things in society. Um, I think that's probably more of what we're seeing is people noticing, you know, guys noticing, I'm not going to get what I want here, you know, but when it comes to dating, I mean, that's something that I think, you know, a lot of married people don't really have to deal with that. Um, I noticed that, you know, uh, the divorce rates did increase during the pandemic, you know, a lot of things that were negative kind of increased. Um, and so, you know, there was probably some relationship problems going on in general. Um, I did notice that, you know, someone did mention this and I did notice that the, the topic of toxic masculinity became really popular. Um, and I think people kind of take it out of context. I mean, from someone who associates with all types of genders of people, regardless of what gender they're assigned to what they identify as, you know, I associate with all different types of people, friends, family on this gender spectrum. And some people have masculinity to them and they might also be very feminine. That is very possible. You know, there are a lot of femme presenting people out there um, that might dress effeminate, uh, might have mannerisms that are effeminate, but personality wise, they've got a lot of masculine traits. I used to have a boss like this. Um, me and that boss did not get along well because they were a liar and all these other things. So I would say that that boss being a fee, even as a female had toxic traits. I don't know if I would call it necessarily toxic masculine traits, a lot of it was like there was a lot of like aggression and things like that um but for me it was more like the lying the gaslighting the manipulation that kind of thing i wouldn't say that that was toxic masculinity that was just her being a jerk like she just wasn't a good boss and didn't really have good ethics good morals you know integrity she was just kind of like I'm I'm in charge I can get away with all these things and she was just trying to fly underneath the radar doing all the shady stuff all the time and not just to me and so I know that she was um you know she had issues but I wouldn't really say that that's toxic masculinity I mean I know people who have I would say what I've noticed is there's a lot of people who have a form of toxic masculinity that's, that's mixed in with this kind of like narcissism and kind of lack of sensitivity, lack of compassion, um, the gaslighting, all these kind of things. And so, yeah, there might be some of that toxic masculinity there where they're kind of just like, I'm in charge, I'm the one. I always need to be the one who's like, it's kind of like a total ego trip uh, that they just can't afford to have their ego look like a little bit, uh, you know, they can't take second place. They can't take the back seat. They can't just let somebody win. They can't, you know, that kind of thing I would say is toxic masculinity. But I feel like a lot of times 
what we see is a lot of these people, men and women, who have the toxic masculinity have also these other mental issues mixed in. And I think that's more what it is. Because I know a lot of guys that can be aggressive when they need to be. And they're very sensitive, very nice, very hardworking. Most of my guy friends are like that. I wouldn't say that most of my guy friends are toxically masculine. I mean, they can be. They can be, but, I mean, everyone can be. Um, Everyone can have toxic moments, but it's like when it's an ongoing pattern of just toxic treatment of others based on trying to get over on others because of, you know, being able to be more aggressive or more dominating and things like that when it's really not necessary. Like, I'm not saying people shouldn't be competitive and things like that like I do value that kind of thing but it's like when it comes to toxic masculinity I think the label has kind of gotten out of control and it's like I think it's more like there's a lot of people who were raised with this idea of masculinity or this idea of trying to manipulate and get over on people which isn't a masculinity thing it's a mental health thing and I think people there's a lot of men who are mixed into this women included but there are a lot of men who are mixed into this pattern of like not being able to show like a sensitive side and they de- they don't value like any kind of sensitive side but they want that if they're like a cis straight man and want that in a woman and in a partner and then a lot of women aren't really maybe showing that cis feminine straight side to them you know that's getting a little flexible as well and so maybe a lot of cis straight men aren't really interested in some of these women who aren't practicing like extreme femininity but then also a lot of these women aren't very interested in a lot of the men who are practicing this extreme masculinity um that's kind of how I see it I don't really know like it's hard for me to really say, like, oh, these these guys are doing this thing. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to passport bros, it's like that is one of the most interesting concepts I've come across so far this week. Um, it's just hard for me to really, you know, to really send that negative energy towards men. I mean, I know a lot. I do know a lot of guys that I'm just like, dude, just like the way you are, you need to just get over yourself you know like in a way that like I've, I've not seen a lot of women like that but then there are women who are kind of like they have some other kind of method of doing toxic things um and I wouldn't call it toxic femininity necessarily and I think toxic masculinity needs to kind of be looked at to see like are we talking about mental health are we talking about people with narcissistic traits who can't really deal with the with the ego side of things and you know they can't they can't bear to have their like ego kind of on display and like that kind of thing to be put in a position where they're perceived as like with any kind of weakness or anything I see that more and I think a lot of guys do tend to need to feel like they're kind of like in a dominant position um with each other especially you know like but I that's just if that's just naturally how they are then so be it like what are you gonna do um I mean it serves a purpose but I don't really know I don't know it's hard for me to really look 
and see like this big trend in that way because most of the guys I know aren't like that so I don't really know I mean there are some guys that I do know that are like that but I think it's more of a mental issue I don't think it's like necessarily solely like toxic masculinity is just they're so um like you know taught in a way to be like so like overly masculine that anything that challenges that they lash out about it you know um you know I've got guys that I know that you know family members or people that try to stay in my life that are kind of like they've got some toxic traits, you know, like, cause I'm female, they'll kind of do this, like, ask me a question cause they think they already kind of have the answer. And then whatever I say, there's no way that I could ever be right. Cause I'm a female, like things like that. Then I'm just like, I kind of can tell that they don't value me just cause I'm a woman and things like that. Um, but also they need my approval and they can't have me kind of like, calling them out on stuff either because I'm a woman and things like that where it's like you know they'll go to all ends to lie about something that I've literally witnessed with my own eyes and they will literally be like that didn't happen it's like where were you (laughs) you know so it's like things like that but um I wouldn't really say that it's every guy that's like that and I think that's more of a mental problem I don't I and they just happen to be men. And so I think there's a lot of that other stuff that gets tied into it. But I wouldn't call it necessarily toxic masculinity. Like it looks like toxic masculinity. But then when I dissect it more, I'm like, nah, I think this is something else. Um, I think it's something else. Um, and so, yeah, like just that kind of like deception and that kind of thing. Like, um I mean, to me, it's always, like, you know, a little bit of a sign when somebody has, like, I'm not going to call it, like, an attachment issue, but, like, an issue with honesty. It's kind of like, if you can't let people see you for who you really are, um, and everybody's going to tell a lie here and there, but I'm just saying, like, you know, there's only so long that the lies are going to get carried out you know, till it's got to come out to truth. And it's like, some people will hold on to that for all eternity. And it's like, even when people know the truth, it's kind of like, what's going on here? Um, but then, yeah, it's hard to really call it toxic masculinity, but yeah, when it comes to these, uh, these passport bros, I mean, I think it's been, it's been cooking for a while. You know, I think that might, have something to do with what was happening with the divorce rates earlier. Um, You know, a lot of men, and I'm not a man, I can't really talk to this, like I'm knowledgeable, first-hand experience, but I know a lot of guys, and I've seen things change for them, but a lot of guys I know are older, and they're in their 30s um, and 40s, and, you know, it's a little bit different, because they're already, you know, established with their careers, Um, they've got options, they've got work experience. I don't know what the guys who are like 18, 21, those age of guys, um, who are just starting their adult life. I don't really know what they're expected to be doing. I don't know what they're really supposed to do. Um, because they don't have, you know, really a whole lot, um, 
a whole lot that they can do um, other than make major changes. Um, but part of me also is like, maybe it's not really just a, just a, oh, I'm moving for the money thing or moving for the women thing or moving to get a traditional woman. I just think also cause there's community there for them. Um, I mean, they're not like the only American guy who's moving, you know? So if there's now other American dudes out there that they can kind of interact with, you know, that's probably beneficial to them too. And, you know, I just think sometimes, you know, there is something about how things are so, um, not, um, like, I don't know. I think sometimes people don't realize that things are so, um, like, like, things have changed, you know, a lot over the past few years, so I don't really know, um, what people are really expected to do with that, like, things weren't gonna stay the, stay the same, you know, uh, everyone who, you know, myself included, you know, a lot of us were like, let's just get back to normal, and, you know, there's a certain point where I noticed in this year in 2023 where I was like, you know, things aren't going to get normal. This is the new normal. Things are moving forward. Whatever happened during those few years, you know, things have changed and evolved into something else. And that's just how it is. And so, you know, a lot of these trends I do believe are coming from somewhere, somewhere where people are trying to get their needs met. Um, and I think a lot of, like, when it comes to cishet culture, it's kind of hard for me to kind of really speak to it. But I do think, I have noticed a lot of women kind of saying certain things where it's like, she wouldn't date a guy who's broke or wouldn't date a guy who's, you know, not fit and things like that. And I'm like, you know, I did hear this thing uh, once, uh, I don't remember what I was listening to, but it was some guy who talked about like dating theories or something like that. And he was talking about this idea where it's like, you know, if you request something of someone, what do you have to give? So if there's someone who's like, well, I want to, I want to date someone who's wealthy. It's like, yeah, everybody wants to date somebody who's wealthy. Nobody wants to date someone who can't figure out how to even like come up with money for the bus or whatever. Like, you know, everyone wants to date someone where you don't have to think about the money part of things and where you can just go have fun. Um... I'm not saying wealthy people just blow their money. I'm just saying, like, that's nice, you know, to not have to think about money. Um, But if you're not wealthy or if you're not good with your finances, what makes you think that you deserve somebody or will easily come across someone or someone who has wealth is going to want you? Um, You know, and I, you know, not just wealth, but it's like, you know, I think that's what's happening. A lot of people are like, they want something, but it's like, well, yeah, we all want somebody fit, but do you go to the gym or are you a couch potato who sits and orders pizzas and sit there and eat it all weekend and like, don't go hiking or don't take a walk or whatever. 
you know, you don't stretch, you don't eat healthy, you never eat a vegetable, and then you want somebody of a certain caliber who's fit and wealthy and all these things, it's like, how realistic is this? You know, how how sustainable is that going to be, you know, in a relationship? Like, what do you see yourself doing with this active person if you're not active at all? You know, what do you see yourself doing with this wealthy person if you're not wealthy at all? You know, like, people want these things. And it's like, well, what do you have to give to a person who's wealthy? What do you have to give to a person who's working on their on their physique all the time? What do you have to give to a person who's, you know stable in their career what do you have to give to a person who values family relationships and is very close with their family members and extended family and what do you have to give to someone who's like interested in travel and has gone to all these places like if you if you can't kind of meet a person at least halfway or with something that's going to interest them it's going to be hard to date and so I think that's why it's hard for people to date is because people are stuck in these old ideals of like I want this I want this I want that but then a lot of people have also kind of let themselves go and they're maybe not of you know adequate caliber to be trying to like look for those kind of people you know it's like that's part of it I mean it sounds harsh but it's like it is true it's like what do you have to give, you know, to another person? Like, it's not just what am I going to get, you know, what am I going to get? You know, I want, want, want from this person. What am I going to get? You know, what am I going to get out of this relationship? Oh, if I don't get that, if he doesn't pay for this for me, if he's not buying me dinners and all this, it's like, yeah, maybe he's buying you all your food and helping you out with your rent. But what are you giving in return? Like, are you nice? (laughs) Are you compassionate? Do you make him feel like, you do do you show gratitude even or are you just wanting more and more and more it's like you know a lot of these women who might want from men who have a lot to offer financially you know what are these men gonna get from these women you know uh what are these women what these men who are wanting these women who are treating them a certain way and all those types of things like well how do you treat her you know, like, you know, some people don't really think of it that way. They're just kind of like, I want this, I want that. But it's like, well, if you have nothing to give, it's going to be hard to get somebody who can give you that, who's going to put up with it long term for all eternity till death do you part. It's like, that's going to be a hard one. You know, that's going to be a hard one. Like it is give and take on both ends. And so um, I think it would be best for people to have these conversations when they're dating and just be like, look, this is where I stand on things. Um, instead of that whole fluff of like, oh, let's just sweep it under the rug and it'll all come up later. It's like, why aren't people talking about their finances when they first start dating? Like, I always look at that. I'm like, if I meet, if I meet somebody and, you know, the bill comes and they don't even reach for their wallet. And we've never had a discussion of who's paying and they're always expecting me to pay. That's not right. You know, if we've never had that discussion, that's not okay for someone to always expect me to pay, you know, or somebody inviting me to do stuff. And then all the time they need a ride, you know, it's like, yeah, I want to go, but I'm not trying to drive all over the place. You know, like maybe I wanted to do things a little bit differently. Like I'm not trying to like go out of my way, like, 
like where I'm at in LA, it's like, do I really want to drive all the way out to Orange County, pick up my friend, drive all the way to Hollywood, drop them back off in Orange County, and then drive all the way home? It's like, that is ridiculous. You know, I'll be driving for probably three hours or more out of my day while they get to just kind of sit and wait. It's like, if that's what we've decided, cool, but it's like, this has to be a discussion, you know, people can't just be using each other. I think people need to get better with having discussions about things and all the things that people were saying in the past. Oh, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that. People need to be talking about it because it's going to come out eventually. People need to just start getting comfortable with having conversations instead of ghosting people or, you know, saying that they're unsatisfied. It's like, well, yeah, you're unsatisfied, but did you have a conversation about it? You know, like, what did they say? (laughs) You know, people don't want to talk about things. But, you know, the way I see it is it's going to be hard either way. It's going to be hard to let somebody get on your nerves that you really care about and you want to work things out with. It's going to be hard to let them get on your nerves. And it's also going to be hard to deal with them um, firsthand um, and allow them to keep getting on your nerves. It's going to be hard to deal with them. If you've never had the conversation, they're going to keep getting on your nerves. You're never going to find a resolution or um, have that difficulty and that conflict, possible conflict. It doesn't have to be like a blowout fight or argument or anything, but you might have a little bit of like disagreement about something and a little discomfort, but at least you know where each other stands, you know, versus like sweep everything under the rug. And I think... Um, I know a lot of men that are good with communication, but I do see that lacking. That's one thing that I do hear a lot is that it's lacking. But I do think a lot of women need to know how to talk to men, too. Um, I don't think I'm bad with talking to men, but I can kind of tell when there's some guys who kind of like are a certain way, like they need women to be a certain way for them to feel, you know, they need to feel superior. Um you know, and stick in those masculine roles. And then there's, I'm not saying like men need to like, like cis straight men, like you need to wear a dress just because it's less masculine. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, you know, with certain things, it's kind of like, you know, you got to have human emotions. You're human. You know, you can't just be like, oh, like I'm a guy, so I don't have emotions. Like that's BS. You know, if someone in your family dies, you have emotions you know, you're mad at things when things don't go right. If somebody cuts you off, you're probably going to get a little upset. You know, if somebody steals your stuff, you're not going to be happy about that. Like everybody has emotions, you know, but also guys are taught to handle their emotions differently. And that I think is toxic. I think there's a lot of toxic ideals around, you know, with parenting of how people teach men how they should handle their emotions or how they shouldn't handle their emotions. But I don't know. A lot of food for thought. Um, I gotta go because it's getting late, but thanks for listening.